real quick, let me just start off by saying this is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion, host of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And I want to shout out the Will Wonder Podcast. You know what I wonder? What amazing takes will be given today on this show? Will I ever get the nod, the invite to be a guest on this show? Will I ever feel like coming on the show if I get that invite? We don't know. But you're checking out the Will Wonder Podcast. What's up, everybody? Episode 61 of the Will Wonder Pod. Hope everyone's been doing well since we last spoke. Um, man, last Friday went to the Magic Jazz game uh, here in Salt Lake City. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Chaz, for the tickets. Had a lot of fun. Uh, turns out I drank a little too much. Um, I mean, I didn't do anything crazy, but man, I didn't feel good the next day until about two o'clock. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Sometimes you got to do that when you are a magic fan, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, the game didn't go my way, but it's all good. Jazz fans were super nice to me, probably because, uh, you know, it's the magic and they're no real threat to the Utah jazz. Uh, other than that, it's kind of a peaceful weekend. Obviously we had the super bowl, uh, so many thoughts on the Super Bowl, but ultimately, to me, it boils down to Rams had the two best players on defense and offense. So you had Cooper Cup, who that last drive, it was Stafford to Cup, Stafford to Cup, Stafford to Cup. Uh, they couldn't stop Cooper Cup. You know, after Odell Beckham went down, you were kind of thinking, man, uh, the thought for the Bengals now is just to make sure that anybody but Cooper Cup beats them, and they they uh, didn't do that. And then Aaron Donald, my God, just a monster. And we we have you know given him his roses so many times on this podcast, uh, Hoop Chacon and I, when we talked about him uh, and the Rams. But Jesus, some of the stuff he was doing there uh, in the second half, in the fourth quarter. The tackle on P. Ryan when when P. Ryan was running by him, I mean, pulled him down, stopped him from you. It's like it's like P. Ryan ran into a wall. It was insane. Um, and then you know, getting to Joe Burrow there at the end, it it just a monster of a human being. And I really hope he doesn't retire. I'm excited that he got his Super Bowl. Obviously, if he decides to retire, he goes out on top. He's the best tackle in the league. But but ugh. I mean, it was like Madden. It was like when you create a player in Madden put him at tackle which I had done in the past as a, as a, as a youngster because to me tackle was the most important position but geez just just annihilated the Bengals but it was a it was a good game first quarter fun second quarter fun third quarter was awful it just seemed like the worst football I had seen in some time uh, then about halfway through the fourth it picked up again halftime show I loved it I wish I wish I wish it would have been longer. You know, when I did all my research on the halftime shows, it seemed like about 15 to 18 minutes was a, a solid, you know, average. Some of them had gone 20. I wish they would have taken the whole 20, but I did enjoy it. I loved Kendrick uh, coming out to Mad City. You know, obviously Dre and Snoop can't do any wrong. Everyone's making fun of 50 for looking a little, uh, a little thicker than he was back in the Get Rich or Die Trying days, but he's been eating. You know what I mean? Eating good because he's making making just so much money off his shows, off of different things. Uh, but it was kind of funny that he took it on the chin because he gives so many people shit on the internet and uh, people are making fun of him and he just took it in stride. So uh, as he should, because he 
really is a troll <laughs> in that uh, online bullying, if you will. Um, I liked Mary's performance. I didn't get no more drama. Um, it kind of slowed things down. Not that I don't like that song, but for the halftime, it just didn't seem like it fit. I would have loved another Kendrick song, would have lo loved another M song. Uh, or even, uh, you know, another Mary song would have been fine too. Real love, I don't know. But all in all, very fun. Man, the, f the food, we had way too much food. There was my wife, myself, my son, my mom for a little bit, and my in-laws. And the chips, the, we have so much shit here that is detrimental to my Bringing Sexy Back 2022 um, campaign <laughs> that uh, I got to figure out something to do. If you need some chips, hit me up. I got all kinds. I, I will send them your way. Uh, anyways, past the Super Bowl, oh, we got a preview for Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. Uh, looks like a kind of a Western theme, aliens, um... I'm excited. Daniel Kaluuya's back. Kiki Palmer's in it. Jordan Peele has a way of shooting movies that look like nothing else. They're so beautifully shot. They're so well done. I cannot wait. Comes out July 22nd, and uh, I'm for sure going to go see it when it comes out. Might be the first movie that my wife and I have seen in the theater together in since my son was born. Before my son was born. Uh... It's been a long time. He's going to be four next month, which is... Oh, don't get me started on that. Crazy. Crazy all on its own. Uh, I had put out on Twitter, at DJ Will Wonder, and on Instagram, at The Will Wonder Pod, that I wanted to do just a little mailbag on this episode. I generally try to do them every 10 episodes, but last episode was kind of jam-packed, so I moved it uh, to this one. So, got a, quite a few good questions. I narrowed it down to, uh, I believe, eight so here we go. Uh, the first one is, what are your top three Jay-Z albums? And everyone knows, Jay-Z's my favorite MC of all time, favorite artist of all time. So it's kind of hard for me to pick a top three, but if I had to, gun to my head, uh, and this isn't in any order, I would go Reasonable Doubt, Black Album, and 444. Don't get me wrong, I love Blueprint. I have a very soft spot for Volume 1. Uh, and Volume 2. I love American Gangster, which is extremely slept on. But uh, yeah, I have to go. I have to go with those three as my top three. Speaking of slept on, uh, the next question asked me, what are some of your favorite slept on hip hop albums, in your opinion? Uh, and there's a lot, you know, in the last 30 years of hip hop, but ones that came to mind quickly uh, would be Commons B that came out in 2005, B-E-B. -E -B. Um, Jay-Z's, again, American Gangster from 07. Corrupt had an album in 2001 called Space Boogie, A Smoke Odyssey, which I love and I still play to this day. Uh, Black Rob's Life Story from 2000. It did have Woe, but other than that, they never, no one ever talks about that album. And I think it's a really solid album. Uh, one of my favorite albums, top five hip-hop albums of all time, is Scarface's The Fix, which doesn't get talked about enough. So to me, that's slept on, but I love that album. Uh, and then uh, Freeway. So Freeway's Philadelphia Freeway that came out in 03, along with um, an album he did with Jake One, the producer Jake One, called Stimulus Package from 2010. 
those have to be those are all must listens if you're a, a fan of hip-hop i think you have to listen to those uh, but again they're not mentioned very often I, I would say maybe you don't have to listen to Corrupt Space Boogie, A Smoke Odyssey, but it holds a very special place in my heart. Um, and I that summer of 2001, I guarantee I played that album, you know, 10,000 times. That's that's not an exaggeration. Might be a slight one, but in my lifetime, I probably played it 10,000 times. Next one from my smart-ass friend, Ryan. How excited are you for Jimmy G to be the commander's next quarterback? Now, there's a rumor, a disgusting rumor floating around Twitter that uh, my Washington commanders, yes, that's their name, are going to trade a first-round pick uh, if they get desperate to the 49ers for Jimmy G. Um, first off, this is erroneous. It's disgusting, and I will not stand for it. Um, so it's not going to happen, so I'm not excited. I'm excited that it's not going to happen if for some weird, crazy, out-of-this-world reason it does happen, I'm going to be upset. We'll leave it at that, and we won't talk about it again. Uh, another fun commander's question from another dickhead friend of mine. Rob uh, says... The Commanders will finish last in the NFC East this upcoming season. How do you feel about that? Number one, my response would be, shut up, Rob. Number two, I would say, let's wait and see who they get at quarterback, and then I will uh, let you know where I think they finish. I still think they're going to finish ahead of the Giants. Are we going to kid ourselves and say the Giants are a better team? No. Uh, and if there's anything we know to be true about the NFC East, it's that the same team doesn't win it uh, in back-to-back years. So the Cowboys aren't going to win it again. Who knows what's going on with the Eagles? Perfect time for the Commanders to get a get a real quarterback in there and uh, do do something scary. So, shut up, Rob. Uh, next one. Uh, how is Peloton treating you? I'm thinking about getting one. Listen, if I could be a sales rep or if I could read ads, I should say on this podcast for Peloton, I would, and I would do it just for the price of the membership, which is forty dollars per month. So keep that in mind. You pay for that membership every month, but, oh man, it is such a, how would I say this and not make it seem like I'm in love with it, but I am in love with it. It's changed my way of working out. Um, I ride the bike itself probably four, minimum four times a week. Um, the app has all different kinds of workouts. It has yoga. Uh, obviously the instructors for the bike you can do uh running walking my wife just got the tread which she loves never been a big treadmill person but um you know it it definitely serves its purpose for us but i I would say it's the best investment i've made in uh my body (laughs) uh ever i i love it i love the bike and, and shout out to my wife for you know essentially making me get it for her for mother's day i'm just kidding she didn't make me get it but she really wanted it and i was like no nah, i don't even need it i don't need i don't need shoes i'm not gonna ride this bike okay fuck, I'll, I'll, okay i'll get the shoes and now i can't stop so it's a i love it so i would highly suggest you do it um it's it's the shit i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it real with you and i have a bike gang which there's only myself uh kurt Pruitt, who will be on the podcast a little bit later um, in this episode. And then uh, the young OGs. I mean, we haven't come up with a cool hashtag, 
But uh, but yeah, we got a bike gang, and we're we're pretty formidable. If I'm going to be honest with you, uh, you can join it too. So get get yourself pelt on. Uh, next up. Uh, are you going to start doing more interviews like you did last year? And if so, um, who do you want to interview? So yes, 100%. I am going to start doing more, especially now that football and basketball aren't running at the same time. Um, I don't want to necessarily say who yet because I'm working on scheduling people and I don't want to say, oh, for sure, I'm going to have this person. Now, there's plenty of people I would love to interview, right? But that all comes with timing and scheduling. And I don't want any um, pity here by any means. Um, But being, you know, a one-man show, essentially, with this podcast from recording, editing, setting up times with people who come on, staying on top of the actual topics that I'm going to talk about every single week on top of, you know, life, family, school, all that other shit, working out on the Peloton, need at least, you know, a solid 45 minutes, get my, get, get it going. Also, uh, uh, committed to five minutes of yoga a night, been doing that with my wife. It's been great, but, uh, I digress on the Peloton. Um, you only have so many hours in the day. So my goal, these, this, these upcoming months with football done, uh, obviously basketball is going to heat up, but, um, my goal is to do one to two interviews per month until football comes back around, you know, September. So hopefully I can, um, meet that goal and, and provide you guys with some really fun interviews with really cool and interesting people. Uh, one more about interviewing, uh, well, not necessarily about interviewing, but about the podcast, um, asks if I I will ever involve video on my podcast and and the answer is yes, for sure. But I want to use it more along the, um, the lines of when I'm interviewing somebody, um, long form interviews rather than just, you know, me talking sports because it would just be me looking at the, (laughs) at the camera. Um, I think it would be fun from time to time to do like a group, um, live stream. So I'm looking in the stream yard and a couple of other things. But as far as video goes for the podcast, yes, I want to do it, but that would be essentially just for those long form interviews. Um, let's see here. Last question. Your favorite sports moment that you witnessed on TV or in person? So for me, uh, it has to be the, the St. Louis Cardinals winning the 2011 World Series. Uh, I'm a huge Cardinals fan and 90% of the reason that I am is because of my grandma. I used to go out and visit her in St. Louis growing up uh, as a kid. And she was all about the Cardinals. She could probably tell you more than some baseball analysts <laughs> would be able to do about the the players that were on the team. Um, and she passed away in 2011, earlier in 2011. So them winning the World Series was, was, uh, was just a really cool thing to happen. You had David Freeze who had so many big plays, got the MVP of the World Series. Yadier Molina played great. He, uh, Yadi was my, my grandma's favorite player. So, you know, it meant a lot to me, which, you know, you're a fan of a team, but this just felt, felt deeper, right? Losing my grandma that year and then that happening. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, it, it meant a lot to her too um, from where she was watching. So... Thank you guys so much for sending in those questions. I, I, you know, I had said it on the podcast last week, but then I kind of gave short notice. There were some questions I didn't get to. Um, one in particular about a certain interview that I'm trying to make happen. But again, I don't want to announce it until it does happen because then I just look like a jabron 
you know, with it uh, being delayed. Anyways, coming up, we have um, some some really good NBA talk with Kurt. Uh, I want to warn you, there were a little bit of audio issues. Uh, shout out to Zoom. <laughs> uh, but I edited it up a bit and, you know, we should be all good. It should sound just fine for you all. Um, and then after that, we will take a break from Roses this week and I'm going to bring back I Wonder. So... Without further ado, let's get to my guy, Dre Rocca, and then we'll have Kurt right after that. Will Wonder Podcast fans, I apologize. I'm not going to take too much of your time. I just wanted to take a second to introduce myself. My name is Dre Rocca, and I have this podcast called Unrestricted, where I get to interview some of my uh, my really good friends and homies, and I won't even call it an interview. It's really just us bantering and uh, learning about each other, and if you're outside of Utah, Stop by, get to know our community because our community is dope. And not only that, but I have a, a radio show on U92, 3 to 7, Monday through Friday. And uh, I sit down and I talk to uh, some different personalities, uh, entertainers. Like I have this a segment right now called I Love That with my good friend Lisa Barlow from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So we get into a lot of conversation and I would love for you to bring uh, be a part of it. So come on over, allrock.com. That's A-L-L-R-A-W-K. Dot com and you can follow me on Instagram at Dre Rocka. That's D-R-E-R-A-W-K-A. Now back to the show. NBA man, all-star games coming up. Trade deadline just passed. We got a lot going on. I uh, got my guy Kurt Pruitt uh live from an undisclosed location. Uh checking in. Kurt, how are you? <laughs> I am good, feeling a little sneaky. Yeah, hell yeah. All so. right. We won't, um, uh, sorry, everyone. I, I just need to, I need to touch this, Doug. Yeah. Um, my audio is going to sound crappy today and I, I'm all about quality. So I apologize for that. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I'm, I'm glad you, we got that out of the way. Cause I was going to talk about it in the <laughs> intro, but we're fine. No, uh, no, you sound just fine. You sound <laughs> just fine. Real quick before we get going, I wanted to just run through some quick notes from the NBA. Uh, Jared Allen from the Cavs replaces James Harden in the NBA All-Star game as Harden is, um, you know, healing up from the longest hamstring injury in the history of hamstring injuries. Now, I'm not going to downplay it. Hamstring injuries hurt. I get it. But uh, it seems to be taking a bit of time. Also, LeBron James is now on top of the NBA scoring leaderboard. During the uh, Lakers matchup against Golden State last week, LeBron passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points scored combined in the regular season and playoffs. LeBron uh, has 44,152 points in regular season and postseason play combined, where Kareem had finished his career with 44,149. That's incredible. Trade deadline had passed last week, and it was a busy one. A lot of, lot of really great moves, some not so great. So let's start out just kind of in the middle there. Um, I guess uh, one thing that, you know, just, just right off the bat, Kurt, you guys move on from Joe Ingles, who's injured, you know, and it makes sense. Uh, you move Elijah Hughes as well and a second round pick to Portland. Uh, the Spurs are involved in this trade, um, but the Jazz end up getting back uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Juancho Hernan Gomez, which I thought was his brother, <laughs> which, uh, you know, when you had asked me about him, I had given you feedback on his brother, not uh, realizing it was Juancho. Um but so how do you feel about this trade? What are your thoughts on this one? I guess we were going after NAW for, we wanted to draft him and we didn't get to him. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like this might be a, 
let's get our guy type situation while dumping some salary, which might be a good thing that I've heard. I don't know much about him to be honest. Um, he hasn't played yet, but I've heard his games kind of in the Clarkson type player, um, which is nice to maybe put a fire under Clarkson's ass a little bit to get him back into gear, which he has been the past few days. Um, I'm so excited for Willie Hernan Gomez. And then we got Wancho, whatever his <laughs> yeah. name is. Um, I bet he sees about a total of two minutes if that, um, but it's kind of weird. I think, I think we, I'm assuming we were taking out flyers on like a Jeremy Grant, but the asking price wasn't where we felt like what we were giving away was worth what we were getting. Yeah. Um, luckily I think, cause I did want to like a, a long defending wing player to help out on, um, that perimeter defense that we've been lacking in, mm-hmm. but I feel like the teams kind of gelled back together. The injuries like Rudy and Donovan are back, even though Rudy got back and got ejected 23 minutes into the game. But um, I just think we're kind of back to where we were before all those injuries and COVID. So now we'll see if we're a little bit better. Another good thing. Sorry, I'm on a tangent. Another good thing is um, Trent Forrest's defense and just play overall. Um, The kick and hoop dude. I mean, he's a, He's handsy. He gets a lot of a lot of live ball steals, um, and he, other than Donovan, I feel like has such a natural flow. Um, gets to the rim so easily. He's not a good shooter. Hopefully, it gets to around a thirty percent range, so it becomes he's probably around there. But you know, stays consistent at a 32 percent from three, just so it's dangerous. Yeah. And then, I mean, he drives and kicks, and and he's turning into a really good player for us. Which maybe we had what we needed all along. We just needed some guys to to clear out in front of him to get get him on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I think it opens up time. Like you said, for him, uh, Alexander Walker's had a, um, you know, he's been in new Orleans kind of tucked away down there. Not a lot of new Orleans games on TV. Um, but he hasn't had horrible numbers, right? Like this year, I believe he was averaging about 12 points a game. They needed to move him because there wasn't going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of room for, for him, uh, essentially because, I mean, look at the team that was down there. So uh, adding CJ McCollum and a couple other guys, but uh, interesting trade. And I don't know how much Alexander Walker is going to play, but he might be one of those guys that they kind of have there. And then, you know, in those blowout games, he gets a lot of time playoffs. I don't, I don't see him getting a ton of time, but, you know, moving on from Joe Ingles contract and still adding a player that could give you, you know, a solid six to eight minutes, but it's, you know, it makes sense. So that's great because Joe wasn't playing obviously this year anyway. So (laughs) yeah. did did, did you, did you shed a tear or or pour out, you know, uh, uh, monster energy when Joe got traded though? (laughs) Man, I sound like such a tool. Everyone probably (laughs) thinks I'm such a douchebag. Well, I just know you don't uh, drink. So I would, I wouldn't have said, you know, uh, a 40 because you don't drink, but you know, I know well, you drink. I'm pouring it out. I'm pouring it out. I'll go bite and pour it out. And That's good. true. Um, no, I mean, it's an open secret that he's not going to resign with Portland and more than likely come back to us on the veteran min- minimum. So it's yeah. kind of like um, Joe carried our cross up the mountain and died for go. our sins for this <laughs> year. So Joe Jesus. There you go. There you go. Um, some other trades I wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, you had mentioned Jeremy Grant asking price was probably too high. Well, it seems like it was too high for everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I have my, I've already talked about my feelings about Jeremy Grant's game. I, I think he's a, a good player, but I think, um, and, and probably every player should think this, but I think he thinks he is much better than he actually is. Yeah. And what he contributes to a team. Um, so yeah, nobody yeah, got Jeremy Grant. <laughs> he wasn't ideal. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Um, um, he stayed too. And what do you think about that? Do you think it was people weren't willing to pay for him? Do you think he and the Pistons had some internal conversations where like, we're going to recenter around you and Kate or what do you, what do you think? No, going on there? I, I don't think people wanted to pay what Detroit wanted. And I'm assuming, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he gets moved this summer. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's such a weird thing because he, like I said, he, he wants to be, he's, he's made it known that he wants to be the number one option on a team. Um, but even in Detroit, I don't think he's going to be the number one option. You know, <laughs> Cade Cunningham yeah. <laughs> uh, is going to be that guy. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm assuming he gets moved at some point because there were so many rumors around it. And usually when there's smoke, there's fire, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But speaking of smoke and fire, my Orlando Magic, I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. Bring in Bull Bull. I know he's injured. He's not going to play until next year. But can you imagine a Bull Bull Mo Bamba? Same time on the court. Yeah, I, whatever. I really hope we move Mobamba, but that was a small trade. Nothing really to even talk about there. We got some cash from the Celtics and we sent a second round pick. Uh, Magic also got PJ Dozier. Uh, Raptors get Thad Young, which is kind of a, I mean, a super underrated grab for them. They move Goran Dragic, who got bought out and now it looks like he's going to go with the Lakers <laughs> or the, or I don't remember the other Who's team. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can't remember the other team. Uh, I'm just going to say, I mean, whenever there's a name, like, are they ever not for just the sake of clicks? Are they ever not attached to the Lakers? Right. Like, you know, I don't know. And speaking of, I heard heard, uh, Dallas, right? Dallas. Well, see that, that, that's what I would have thought, but Dallas bringing Dinwiddie in, there's no room for dragage. Like it doesn't even make sense. And and I'll get to that trade here in a moment, but uh, I like that trade for the Raptors. Not one we have to spend a lot of time on. I did want to touch on this though. Um, You know, out West, your Utah jazz have two teams, probably three teams that uh, you really need to worry about. Memphis being one didn't make a move. I don't think they needed to make a move. Golden state, eh. Uh, didn't really do anything, but the Suns. This is such an mm. underrated, slept-on grab for them, in my opinion, because I'm a huge Tory Craig guy. Huge Tory Craig guy. I think what he did uh, uh, for the Nuggets when they were in the bubble, like he's a super slept-on bench contributor. But they get him. They move Jalen Smith. They weren't picking up Jalen Smith's option, uh, so they moved Jalen Smith to the Pacers. Who the Pacers are just like a whole different team now. But. Um, yeah, Suns get Tory Craig. They also get Aaron Holiday from the Wizards. So bolster up the bench even more, which has got to be kind of scary for for you as a Jazz fan. What do you what do you think about that? I know you had some interest in Tory Craig coming to Utah. Well, I didn't know he was available, honestly. And then when I found out about that trade, I'm like, holy shit! What did we need to do to get him? Yeah. Um, here's the thing: he's a good defender. I would say like, oh, you know, in a playoff series, he's going to defend Donovan, but Donovan shit on him um, two years ago in the bubble in the playoffs. (laughs) But what that does is puts their other good defenders on our other good players. So essentially it's like, you know, a ladder. And then all of a sudden there's a better defender on Mike Conley. There's a better defender on Clarkson. There's a, you know, and take them out of the game, let Donovan beat you and take the other contributors out of the game. That's what's scary. Um, Do I like, this is such a good low key signing that I think the Suns just, put themselves in positions to be the favorite to potentially win the whole, you know, yeah. I know a lot of people are big on the bucks coming back up and getting their shit together, but you know, the Suns, they're well coached. They have CP three. Um, they got Booker who I'm on record saying I hate as a, like his attitude. He seems as a, but he's a good player. Yeah. Um, they got their defense now. Like they have the dogs that they need. They have everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
yeah, they are, uh, they are going to be scary. Aiton locked in for one more year at, for this year. You know, that that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, they've got a, they've got a great team out there. And obviously they're, I mean, they're the best team in the league as far as record goes right now. So uh, it makes sense uh, to be scared of them in the first place. And then they add someone like Craig and holiday who isn't going to play a ton, but when he does play, he knows what the fuck he's doing out there uh, and he can get some points. So um, uh, you had mentioned the bucks, people are afraid of the bucks. This was an interesting trade for them. They bring in Sergi Baca, get a couple of picks, some cash, Clippers, um, get Rodney Hood from Milwaukee, Semi Ojale. Um, Kings are in this, of course. Kings just aren't even, I don't even, you look at the Kings, there's two guys there that look familiar from, from three weeks ago. Uh, but the Kings get Dante Vincenzo, Josh Jackson from Detroit, Trey Lyles from Detroit. Uh, and in the Pistons, Marvin Bagley finally gets out of Sacramento, gets what he wants, gets what his dad wants. Um, I mean, whatever for the Pistons, they're, you know, generally tied with Orlando for the worst team in the league. Clippers, I don't know what this really does for them. I like Rodney Hood. Semi can get you a couple of decent minutes. Um, But I don't know. The Kings, again, they're trying hard as hell to get that 10th spot. Uh, But the Bucks, Serge Ibaka, he's actually looked pretty decent as of late. But um, I like this for the Bucks. What, What do you think about it? I think Serge actually, yeah, like you said, as of late, meaning the last month or two, he looks like a younger, more spry Serge Ibaka, which is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, that takes pressure off Giannis defending the rim, hopefully. Um, but Giannis, is, he's built different in the sense of like, he doesn't care. He's going to do what he has to do to win. And yeah. He's going to do it in a very awesome fashion. So he'll put in 100% on defense and 100% on offense, which makes him, you know, pretty crazy superstar when you look at him, like compared to say James Harden. Um, (laughs) so, but I mean, even just to give him a breather for five minutes where he's not just uh, defending the rim and then sprinting down court and dunking on three guys heads. Um, that's scary. What it, what it does to open up for what they already have in place. Yeah. And, and they're not hundred percent sure if Lopez is coming back or when he's coming back. So it's another good big to throw in there and a, a big that can spread the floor because he can stand out and hit threes and, and doesn't have to be under the hoop. Um, next two trades here, the Celtics kind of level up a bit. Um, first off, they get Derek white from San Antonio. They move Josh Richardson, Romeo Lankford, a couple of picks, a pick swap. Uh, then they also get Daniel Tice back. They got rid of Dennis Schroeder, uh, to, uh, sent him to Houston, uh, Ennis freedom to Houston and Bruno Fernando. Uh, I like it for the Celtics quite a bit. I like Derek white much more than I like Dennis Schroeder. Uh, as a as a you know point guard ball handler be out there with Tatum Brown um I don't know if it m- moves the needle up for the Celtics anymore in the east because those top four in the east are very tough but I do like the moves for him um we can kind of just glaze over that one because I don't know if it's a huge deal uh in the grand scheme of things but Derek White definitely an upgrade from Dennis Schroeder uh and they've loved Daniel Tice there he's just you know kind of like a guy that'll just get his ass beat and just keep getting up. I did want to dive into this just a little bit, this next trade, uh, because to me, I, oh man, I feel like it doesn't really help either team. So the Mavericks get Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans from the Wizards for Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and a second round pick. Now, if I would have told you four years ago that uh, Chris Stapps was going to be uh, acquired for someone like Spencer Dinwiddie and a, a guy who 
can shoot three, a big that can shoot threes somewhat consistently from outside, you would have been like, no fucking way. But this is what it's come down, <laughs> come down to for Chris Stapps. This also kind of gives the Mavericks the ability to maybe move on from Jalen Brunson or sign and trade him in here in the offseason because it's going to be a big ask for Brunson. Um, but I don't think this, I mean, the Wizards are, it doesn't matter what the Wizards do. They're, their bills pretty much done for the season. They're not going to do anything. Mavericks, though, for them to stay competitive, this isn't a this year move. I think this is, like I said, be able to sign Brunson, sign and trade Brunson for next for the summer and get something out of him. Uh, but I don't know if I love it for either one. What do, what do you think on this one? Good question. Uh, um, man, this was so weird. I guess Doncic and Luca and uh, KP hated each other so much that they made they sold them. I guess dimes to the dollar, yeah. um, which is weird because they brought in a player that's like notorious for being miserable to play with and Dinwiddie. Yeah. Um, Rosillo had a hilarious tweet about how we can't wait for Dinwiddie to. Um, brush off Luca, wave him off, <laughs> wave him off. Yeah, no, no, no I, got I got this. I got this. Um, so it's this was, I think this was the Wizards not necessarily panicking, but just saying, like, whatever this was is done. I mean, it was a fire sale for those guys, they were yeah. literally moving everyone. I heard everyone but Beal and uh, Kuz were available, yeah. Um, and they just about moved everyone but those two as well. So it's just weird what they got back and what they're trying to do. And then vice versa. It's just, it just doesn't make sense in my head, but I don't know, man. I mean, the wizards, if they're anything like their Washington counterparts on the football side, they probably make the stupidest decisions all the time. And then <laughs> I don't know what Cuban's trying to prove to Lucas saying, this is the help I'm going to get you. But it, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of out of the ordinary. Dallas is usually a pretty well-ran organization. Um, makes you wonder, just like you said, is this a, kind of a setup for a setup here, which it probably will play out that way. Yeah. I think it has to be, it's, uh, I don't know. I, when I, when I saw the trade, I said, what, that, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, You literally texted us like, what? Literally yeah. Just, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you talked about a lot of guys moving on from DC. Uh, one, uh, one trade that went through that kind of maybe flew under the radar a bit was Montrez Herald of the Hornets. And then these, the Wizards get Ish Smith. So, uh, oh, here we go. Wizards, Wizards are you know whatever. But Harold going to uh, Charlotte is is pretty interesting because it's a lot of young dudes in Charlotte, and I think he's going to um, offer some uh, veteran like we always talk about dog, and that's Montrez Harold's game. I think he's going to he's going to help Charlotte. Uh, now, does he help him get out of the first round? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. But uh, yeah. they, they, they are. I think they are going to learn a lot from him, and this is going to be something where they can build on having him there mm-hmm. the next the next year or two. So I no, like I it. yeah, I like your point on that, Doug, because the veteran leadership they have in Charlotte's Gordon Hayward, and this isn't me being a Jazz fan trying to shit on Gordon, but um whatever he is he's a good player good shooter you know understands basketball but he's just not a locker room leader he just it's not in his dna to be that guy that vocal leader Mm -hmm. um but harold's the complete opposite of that even he's even more of a leader than he is as a a solid basketball player so um i think this is like you said a push for these young guys to make a run at something i don't think charlotte has realistic championship um expectations this year but yeah you know they're a fun young team they have a really good four um in charlotte so maybe 
getting playoff experience beyond the first round would be huge for them. And this is a, this is exactly the type of move that they need to, to get there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I know with Hayward too, I mean, you talked about his leadership, but also I think he's out for a while. Um, some kind mm-hmm. of, uh, injury. Um, all right. Now we're just going to get to it. The, the trade of trades, the trade of all trades that happened. Um, the Nets get Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Ben Simmons, uh, 2022 first round pick, 2027 first round pick uh, for James Harden and Paul Millsap, who moved to the 76ers. So, and, you know, there's been so much commentary about this already, but at the end of the day, Harden didn't want to be in Brooklyn. Simmons wasn't going to be playing in Philly. Um, so, on a surface level, the trade is great for both teams, getting a guy that wants to play, <laughs> right? <laughs> At a very crucial position, uh, not even necessarily crucial. Well, I mean, for Philly it is, but uh, I have so many thoughts about this, but I want to ask you, um, you know, what is your initial, what was your initial thought of this trade? So in a vacuum, when you look at this year, maybe next year, you think like, okay, Philly, Philly might have won in the sense of like what might happen in the next year or two, mm-hmm. but beyond that, re-signing James Harden at yes. how old he is and how fat God. he is and how lazy he is, like they're going to James Harden at some point in his career will be regarded as the worst contract in the league just by his personality. Yeah, well, it's um, probably so then I look at it as like okay, <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, let's look at it as like who's happier out of Embiid and Kevin Durant right now. I think right now Embiid might be happier. Um, but looking again, going beyond into the future of what these franchises are trying to do, um, I think Brooklyn won the trade long term. And then maybe by a fraction, Philly won the initial trade. That's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah. So so my thoughts were this like James Harden, um, even being chubby, right? A little soft, you know, sometimes we get that way. Right. But, uh, but, but in, uh, in all, um, um, you know, honesty here, I, I, I have to wait to see how him and Embiid can actually play off each other. Embiid, if he's not the first, uh, the best center in the league, he's the second best. And it's very, very close between him and Jokic, right. On Mm -hmm. everything that they can do. Now, James Harden, um, without the ball in his hands is what? I don't know. Zero. Zero. He's yeah. a negative for the team. Yeah. So he has to have the ball a lot. He has to run off the pick and rolls. I think, I, I mean, after I look at this, look at this and look at this, to me, the Nets 100% win this trade. Seth Curry comes in, great outside shooter. Drummond, who's had kind of a, a bit of a resurgence uh, since he joined Philly coming off the bench. Right. Or, I mean, even if he's going to start in, in, uh, in Brooklyn, great, get solid 20 minutes a game. And then you have Ben Simmons who, you know, I mean, the whole way that they played out the whole, um, this is going to sound awful and, and very much so like, I don't believe in issues of mental health, but they just seem to play it at the, time when you know philly was like well we're not moving you oh well i have mental health issues now and it's like oh god it's it's a curious card it's yeah it just sucks it's almost like the and this is another terrible thing to say <laughs> well, we're gonna just kidding. but like women who 
say they get raped and they don't, that hurts the cause. You know what yeah. I mean? So this yeah. is like, if Ben doesn't have the mental health issues, he's in trouble. Yeah. And you know, they say he's going to, he's still going to see his counselor and what have you. So hopefully, I mean, you know, if he does, then, then uh, hopefully he gets all the help he needs, but Ben Simmons, the basketball player, Ben Simmons, uh, the, the, what he brings to a team, um, Kevin Durant now does not have to defend the best player on the other team. He doesn't have to. So, and I think that's, I mean, you look at him the past couple of years getting injured. um, In a sense, it's because I think he's overworked, right? Um, Ben Simmons takes a lot, a lot off of Kevin Durant's play on the defensive end of the court. And to be honest, can help on the offensive end in just these fast break situations Um, or, be able to get Kevin Durant a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of blow on the bench, a little bit of air and Simmons can do what he needs to do in these games where Kyrie Irving, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, won't be able to play in Brooklyn or if they're in Toronto, what have you. Also the first round picks 2022. Okay. Whatever. Probably not a big deal, but 2027. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where are the Sixers yeah. going to be at that point? James Harden is more than likely going to be retired or he's going to be on an enormous contract. Um, who knows? You would think Embiid stays in Philly for that long, but what if he doesn't? And then the 76ers are back to that rebuild process and Oh shit. The Nets again, the Nets get a, you know, a top five pick in 2027. I mean that, that player right now is what in junior high school, <laughs> but they're out there and they're great players. So ultimately, I think the Nets win this. Um, I, I have to see Harden and Embiid play together. Yeah. I, I have and to see the way it works out. I think the the, mo- the biggest point you brought up is just the different, you know, people say like, well, Harden and Curry both shoot the three about the same. The difference is Curry moves without the ball. He's moving not only just above the break, um, above the, the free throw line. He's, you know, cutting from corner to corner, yeah. tons of movement. That's opening up different sorts of passing lanes for Embiid where Harden just goes and sits by the timeout line. Yeah. His fat ass is heaving, can barely breathe. And, you know, what is what is Embiid going to do? Like, just lob it over to someone, and he's going to take a last-second deep three. So, I don't know. I tweeted – no, I think I texted the group, you know, whoever in this trade who needs the biggest raise is Philadelphia's training staff because they got two of the most out of sh- potentially out-of-shape guys. Embiid's done better. Got to give yeah. him credit there, but – you know, these guys don't necessarily take care of their bodies like a lot of the other superstars in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all kind of a wait and see, but right now I feel like the Nets win 76ers. I think this kind of hurts Tyrese Maxey's uh, game as well. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, James Harden all of a sudden becomes, you know, I don't know, Chris Paul and <laughs> just elevates this team in a different way, but I, I don't, I don't know. And then I guess, you know, adding Paul Millsap a little bit older, uh, but a guy who's been around and, and veteran perspective can help. All right. Now let's move on to all-star weekend. We got a lot, we got a lot to get through. We're going to go through it fast. Cause I know you're a busy guy. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, starts out Friday, right? Celebrity game. I don't know if you got a chance to look at these rosters. I'm going to run through this really quick. You tell me who wins and I'll give you my pick as well. <laughs> we got team Bill Walton. Uh, some of these people, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea who they are. Uh, Jimmy Allen, singer songwriter, Brittany Elena, host, actress, athlete, model, machine gun. Kelly. We all know machine gun. Kelly, singer songwriter, 
<laughs> That's what they have in the song, right? Okay. Uh, 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 Dikra Hamby from the Aces. Uh, she's the forward for Las Vegas. Noah Carlick, Fanatics, all in challenge winner. Nigel Houston, uh, professional skateboarder. Matt James from The Bachelor. Quavo, Migos, rapper, recording artist. Uh, Ranveer Singh, an actor. Alex Toussaint, my guy, Peloton instructor. Oh, yeah. One of the best there is. Now, team Dominique Wilkins on Well, who they put as a rapper. Um, he's more of a Latin trap artist. Uh, Mayor Justin Bibb, Mayor of Cleveland, Kane Brown, singer songwriter, Miles Garrett. Ugh, Jesus. Uh, Cleveland Browns defensive end. I don't know who's bodying him up on that other team. Uh, Booby Gibson, former Cavs player, Tiffany Haddish, my guy Jack Harlow, rapper, uh, recording artist, Chrissa Jackson, Harlem Globetrotters player, uh, and then John Marco Tam- uh, Tambury, Olympic high jump champion. Now, who's winning, Kurt? Your expert analysis, who gets the dub here? I'm going with Team Walton because the only one that I know can play basketball is Quavo, and I'm just going with that. I like I like the Quavo Alex Toussaint. I, I actually follow Alex Toussaint on Instagram. I'm a big fan of his on Peloton. He's been you? putting in – He's uh, from what it seems like he can, he's been putting in a lot of work. He said he's not going unless he's getting the MVP, and that's what he said he's going to do. Now, all that said, Miles Garrett is on the other team. and. Um, I've watched him play. He's a, he, and Jack Harlow, he can kind of play too. I got to go with team Dominique. I, Miles Garrett is the defining, uh, is the one that made my decision. It's a fucking monster. Nobody's taking a charge for him. If, if machine gun Kelly is in the key and Miles Garrett's on the way, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one. The Clorox rising stars, uh, challenge rosters. Holy shit. There's a ton of rock people playing in this game. There is. So there, the, the first two games, they played a 50. Um, and then, and in the second game, the championship came, they played a 25 for the 75th anniversary of the NBA uh, race to 75 as I believe what it's uh, being called. So here's the teams, uh, team Barry, Cade Cunningham, Dyson Daniels from the G league. They have a couple of G league ignite players. Uh, this is also a mix of sophomore and rookie for everyone who doesn't know Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, uh, Sengun from the Rockets, Tate from the Rockets, Franz Wagner from the Magic, Team Isaiah, Precious Achua, Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bey, uh, Anthony Edwards, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, Jaden Hardy from the G League Ignite, uh, and Isaiah Stewart. Team Peyton is LaMelo Ball, Scotty Barnes, uh, Ao Dasunmu from the Bulls. I think he'll be back in time. Chris Duarte, Scoot Henderson from the G League Ignite, Jaden McDaniels, Davion Mitchell. <sighs> One more team, Team Worthy. My guy, <laughs> my guy Cole Anthony, um, Marjan Bochamp from the Ignite, Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, Herb Jones from the Pelicans, Tyrese Maxey, and Jalen Suggs. With all Easy. that, with all that, Kurt, who do you got? Team Barry. Oh, I know, right? That's a that's pretty a, easy. That's a team. Cunningham, Mobley, Okoro. Wagner, uh, your boy Wagner. Wagner. Franz Wagner. Wagner. Um, I love that team too. I can see a push from um, Team Peyton with LaMelo, Scotty Barnes, Chris Duarte yeah. can score. Uh, but there's no real big on that team. Like that, you know. Yeah, Mobley, Mobley's honestly why I'm looking at Barry. Yeah. Who's going to stop Mobley? And Mobley's yeah. going to stop everyone else. 
Exactly. I, I think I'm going to roll with you on Team Barry. Uh, team Isaiah is interesting too, though. Bain, Bay, Edwards, Halliburton, Precious. They got a nice team. But I will go with you as well, Team Barry. Now, Saturday night, skills challenge. Uh, it's three different teams, which is kind of fun. Team Antetokounmpo with all of the uh, brothers there. Uh, the Cavs team, which is Jarrett Allen, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and then the team rookie, which is Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. Um, they run through all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> if anyone remembers the skill challenge, you're dribbling, you're shooting, you're passing into little, you know, tires and different things like that. So with that said, I love me some Antetokounmpo brothers, but I don't think they're winning this. <laughs> uh, who do you got, Kurt? Um, I also think the rookies might win this because they have guys that you yeah, like. They can do everything. You know, the onto the like let's be honest. Well, there's only one person that's going to be able to do everything on there. Um, <laughs> then you have Jared Allen. I mean, I trust Mobley and Garland. Obviously, I don't trust Allen on um doing some of the skill stuff. So the rookies yeah. all seem to have some sort of like ball handling, passing, all the things. So I might go with the rooks on this. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh. I mean, Barnes and Giddy are like the funnest, most versatile players right now. Yeah. Cade Cunningham, uh, great, great player. So, yeah, Team Rook for show. Next up, three-point contest. Fred Van Fleet from the Raptors, Desmond Bain from the Grizzlies, Luke Kennard from the Clippers, Zach Levine from the Bulls, CJ McCollum from the Pelicans, Patty Mills from the Nets, Carl Anthony Towns from the T-Wolves, and Trey Young. Who you got? kind of boring this year huh um, i really wish there was some kind of shit talker uh maybe yeah. m- maybe maybe, uh, maybe well yeah trey's the villain right but you know may i don't know i don't know who I, in my opinion i'm rolling with fred van fleet uh dude i was I, gonna say the same thing oh wow. there we go we're so we're let's so, go uh, i love i mean trey young can shoot the lights out but he has to dribble and as we all know you just take the ball off of the rack yeah. um but well, yeah that, uh, I think Zach Levine has the best catch and shoot three in the in the league right now. So he might be a sleeper. Right. Now watch now watch us both be watch us just, just be wrong and Carl Anthony Towns win this somehow. That'd be honestly, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I'm right there with you with uh Van Fleet. Dunk contest, Obi Toppin, free Obi. Okay. I'm sick of him. <laughs> I wish Orlando would have found a way or just anybody where he would get more run. Um even though his plus minus is awful, but I mean, fuck, whatever. Uh, Obi Toppin, the Knicks, Jalen Green from the Rockets, my guy, Cole Anthony from the Orlando Magic, and Juan Toscano Anderson from the Warriors. Who you got? Got to be, it got to be Obi, right? Uh, I think so. That oh, the Jaylen. only thing Jalen's got pounds, dude. Yeah, I, I'm almost thinking Jalen because it's it's very rare when a big man wins it, and Obi is a big dude, even though he can fly and do all kinds of cool shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dwight Howard was the last one, you know, you know, the last big that I I think I can remember. It just looks cooler when guards do it. Yeah, and it, and it seems very powerful and green, man. What a uh, he can yeah. fly. Cole Anthony can fly too, but it just doesn't look the same. So I'm gonna go. Uh, with Jalen Green, you I got- can't believe we don't have. Um, holy cow! I just drew a blank. Can you edit this out? Just kidding. Um, John Morant <laughs> in this. Oh, I know. God, his in-game dunks, like especially this year. Forget about it. Yeah, he's a freak. Um, you going with Green as well then? Yeah, yeah. No, just to go against you, I'll go Obi. Okay, I love Obi. Again, yeah. I've been a, I've been an Obi guy. 
really want him <laughs> on my team. Uh, all right, we'll round out here with the actual all-star game. Team LeBron, Team KD. Uh, for those who don't remember, the starters for Team LeBron after the draft. Giannis, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron, obviously. Nikola Jokic, the bench players, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, Darius Garland, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Fred Van Fleet, and like we had said, James Harden isn't playing, so Jarrett Allen takes his spot. Uh, on the East, you have Kevin Durant as the captain. Obviously, he is not playing, so the starters are Joel Embiid from the Sixers, John Morant from the Grizzlies, Jason Tatum from the Celtics, Wiggins from the Warriors, Trey Young from the Hawks. Bench players, he has LaMelo Ball, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, DeJounte Murray, and Carl Anthony Towns. Big. They're pretty big there. I, I was happy that James Harden wasn't playing just so Team LeBron could get a backup big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, who do you like here? Uh, LeBron, Team LeBron, dude. You have Giannis and LeBron and Jokic on the floor together. Starting. And Steph. <laughs> and Steph. <laughs> I even glaze over that. Dude, LeBron's <laughs> going to kill him. It's not even going to be very close, I don't think. Yeah, I think we're going to get have a lot of fun moments with John yeah. Morant. We're going to you know, get Joel to do something fun. Um, but yeah, that LeBron team, are you shitting me? <laughs> That's crazy. What a, what a waste. <laughs> yeah, and then you get Doncic on the bench, on the bench and, and, you know, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, and finally, get Jared Allen in the big. Uh, Fred Van Fleet is having a great year. Um, let, let's finish it with this. Uh, if you have to guess who is getting the all-star MVP, obviously it's from team LeBron. So there's only a few that would stick. I feel out. like, I feel like steps going to have a, a, mm. a shooting night. I think I'm going to do this. <clears throat> I think they're going to find a way for LeBron back in Cleveland to get, to get. Uh, okay. <laughs> And have like the Lakers to talk about something. Well, you, LeBron, you got the, the you got the All Star MVP, though. That's a win for us, right? Now everyone wants to come play with us every single offseason, right? We felt we failed to mention, you know, and I, I said that we were going to talk about it, but the Lakers did absolutely nothing <laughs> in the trade. There was a uh, one trade they could have done: Westbrook for John Wall, and it's literally trading the same player for the same player. Th- there was a trade that was floating around. <clears throat> THT 2027 first round pick for Terrence Ross. Do you know, as a oh Magic fan, gosh. how bad I wanted that? I love my guy Terrence Ross for what, <laughs> for what he does. But if I can get a 2027 first rounder from the Lakers, oh man, they're going to be bottom bottom feeders by then. Yeah, they're going to. LeBron will be gone. Davis will probably force his way out. Uh, I Davis want, might be living in a bubble at that point. Yeah, I wanted that so bad. And even THT, like, okay, let him play. Like, let's get him some run in Orlando. We saw what happened with Kuzma when he left. I never thought Kuzma was going to equal to be what he is now. Um, But, damn, damn it, it didn't happen. The Lakers stayed put. There's a lot of uh, talk that if Schroeder is bought out, they're going to try to go after Schroeder. But Goran Dragic is the name, of course, that everything is floating around on. Mm But I think it's just gonna be, I think it's just going to be that one of those years where the Lakers just are out early. Yep. Yep. Um, 
in any event, Kurt, I appreciate you taking some time off out of your busy day. Um, I hope you enjoy the the All Star stuff. Any anything you wanted to touch on? I don't know if you got a chance. But more than likely, you haven't yet to listen to that Donovan Mitchell Chris Haynes interview saying, no. "Hey, me and me and uh, Rudy are good." I don't even think he calls him Rudy through the whole thing. He says, "Big guy, the big, big fella. guy, the big fella." Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I'm winning on that note. I think winning solves everything and we're back on a four game, five game win streak. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, Just want to make sure just to plug mental health. We kind of shit on it today. Yeah. For a second. Ben Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Ben Simmons saying it was a mental health thing. And and again, maybe it was, but it just seems so convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Doug and I don't, don't not want to believe people there. And I think we're both pretty high advocates for, mental Ab- health especially for men so yeah absolutely absolutely cool you're right cool man well i appreciate you and uh we'll talk to you soon okay chat yeah. soon man peace and i wonder if you know what it means what it means and i wonder like i had said in the intro i wanted to give roses a break just just for a week or so maybe a little bit longer i wanted to bring back i wonder because it was a really fun segment and i generally got a lot of of good feedback from it so a little bit of backstory to this week's um segment of i wonder i had a class at the community college a communications class that went over communications history through different cultures um and at one point we talked about the internet and you know the introduction of the internet but we never really got into who created the internet? Um, and there's always been a big joke, you know, about Al Gore <laughs> uh, inventing the internet. And I'll get into that here in a minute. But I did want to look up and try to figure out for you guys exactly um, where the internet came from. And I thought this was pretty interesting. So the internet began as ARPANET, A R P A N E T. Uh, which was an academic research network that was funded by the military's Advanced Research Projects Agency, which was at that time known as ARPA, which is now DARPA. Uh, The project was led by Bob Taylor, an ARPA administrator, and the network was built by consulting uh, the firm of Bolt, Baranek, and Newman, and it began operations in 1969. In 1973, software engineers... uh, Vint Cerf and Bob Kahn. I hope I'm saying Vint's name right. It's C-E-R-F. I would think it's Cerf. Uh, In any event, him and Bob began work on the next generation of networking standards for ARPANET. These standards were known as TCP-IP, which became the foundation of the modern internet. IP address, there you go. Um, ARPANET switched to using TCP-IP on January 1st, 1983. During the 80s, funding for the internet shifted from military to uh, the National Science Foundation. NSF funded the long-distance networks that served as the internet's backbone from 81 to 94. And in 94, the Clinton administration, uh, Al Gore, turned control over uh, of, for over the internet backbone to the private sector, and it's been privately operated and funded ever since. Can you imagine if it wasn't privately operated and funded? But that's, that's something else. That's a whole conspiracy theory show, which maybe at one point I'll do. Um, but anyways, like we had said, did Al Gore invent the internet? So uh, Al Gore is always quoted as claiming credit for the invention of the internet. 
But what what he actually was saying in the in the interview in 1999 on CNN, I took the initiative in creating the internet. Now, obviously, <laughs> he didn't create the internet, but the men who did invent the internet, TCP/IP designers Bob Kahn and Vince Vint Surf Kerf, maybe Surf Kerf, I don't know, uh, wrote in Gore's defense in 2000. They argue that Gore was the first political leader to recognize the importance of the internet and to promote and support its development. So, big supporter, not the inventor. Just so everyone's clear. But uh, can you imagine life without the internet and life without these specific groups and individuals doing this work in 1969, 1973, throughout the 80s? Like, where would we be without the internet? Or without the internet where it is today? You definitely wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You wouldn't be streaming movies on your TV. Um, you wouldn't be able to just listen to music at a click on your phone. Uh, oh, what's that song called? Oh, I like that. Okay, let me play that. Um, information moves so fast now strictly because of the internet uh, and its capabilities. So I wanted to shout out those those who actually created it and give you a little bit of a history lesson. So I hope you liked that. I wonder. I thought it was cool. Maybe you don't. I hope you did. <laughs> uh, in any event, we will be back next week. Until then... If you can, go ahead and give me a five-star rating on Apple or on Spotify. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review as well. I would really appreciate that. Also, follow me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder and follow the pod on Instagram at The Will Wonder Pod. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.